Welcome to Bright Ideas, the podcast for advancement professionals who want to make and demonstrate a greater impact. Sponsored by High Bright. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Bright Ideas. This is High Bright's podcasting series for advancement professionals in higher education. I'm Sandra Rincon, and I'll be your host throughout this series. Today, we welcome Andy Shelman, who is Vice President for Alumni Relations at his alma mater, Brown University. Andy also holds a master's degree in education from Claremont Graduate University in California, where his research focused on the role of technology in alumni relations. With more than 30 years of experience in advancement, Andy has held leadership positions at the University of Michigan, California Institute of Technology, and Carnegie Mellon University in the US. He has also worked as international strategy consultant where he's held many organizations and institutions around the world with their alumni relations strategy and programming. He's a frequent international speaker and author on topics related to global nonprofit strategy and alumni engagement. Welcome Andy and we're very happy to have you join us. Thank you for having me Sandra, I appreciate the opportunity. Great, Andy. Well, Andy, the pandemic has forced us to engage alumni online, and we've had to come up with creative ways of engaging them in person as well. So within that context, um, I'd like to explore with you why strategy matters, and maybe a good place to start could be, you know, how do you define strategy? So um, strategy doesn't always sound like the most exciting topic, but it's actually kind of interesting to work on and it's really important. So I'm glad we're focusing on it today. Um, you know, defining strategy, when I talk about a strategic plan, I'm thinking of a kind of a hierarchy. You've got really long-term high-level things at the top, a vision statement or a mission for your organization, organizational values. And then you work down to a few goals that support that mission strategies that support the goal, and then tactics at the hands-on day-to-day level. Um, so having this kind of a roadmap is always important for all kinds of organizations, but I'd say that in the um, pandemic, with so much online activity and virtual programming, it's really been more important than ever to have something that provides a baseline, a sort of a, a benchmark that lets you assess whether doing a particular activity, like having a Zoom event or creating an account on a social media platform is actually moving you towards fulfilling your organizational mission or not. A lot of the time, we tend to think that something is changed or different because we're doing it in a new medium, like we move our alumni magazine from print to the web, or we stop supporting our Facebook account and we join TikTok or Instagram. But the desired outcome of doing those things might well be exactly the same as it was when we started with the initial format. So you need a, a sort of a, a strategy roadmap to check on and see that you're still doing things that are going to move you towards achieving your ultimate purpose. Yeah, Andy, a lot of the times we um, we get so focused on the tools, right, on the mediums that we are using to engage alumni, and we forget actually what that roadmap is. Um, and so maybe we also need to clarify, like, what's the difference between the strategy and the actual tactics? And why is it important to distinguish that? Um, yeah, terminology is important. And I, I can explain that briefly. Uh, in terms of 
what you just said about um, not focusing on the tool, but actually on the outcome instead. I'm always, <laughs> uh, sometimes in my consulting work, I quoted um, a guy named Duke Kahanamoku, who is famous as one of the first uh, people to popularize surfing. Um, and one of the things that they asked him was, how do you, you know, how are you so good at surfing? And, and he said, you know, you don't ride the board, you ride the wave. And I always thought that was a good metaphor for what we do because, you know, Instagram is the board, that's the tool, but the wave is communications and that's the goal. So if you can focus on the fact that there are a lot of different ways to achieve what you're trying to achieve, but you know, the waves just keep coming um, they don't change. Um, you really want to focus on that, not the specific tactic. In terms of terminology, um, strategy is, you know, kind of a higher level, longer term thing. It's, it's overarching. Um, tactics are very specific. So an example would be, you might have a strategy in your plan that says, um, we're going to use social media to connect people with our institution. That's you know, pointed in a certain direction, but it's a little bit open-ended. When you sit down at your desk on Monday morning and have work to do, you have to choose a particular tool to use, to use social media to connect people with the institution. So you might log into Instagram or um, your homepage on the web or an e-newsletter. Um, and when you do that, you're choosing a tactic by which you're going to achieve the strategy that that tactic is designed to support. So, um, you know, the, the tactics you use will help you achieve the strategies. And in terms of the hierarchy I referred to at the beginning, the strategies in turn support even longer term, more general goals. And those small number of goals over time support the mission or purpose of having your team do any work in the first place. So you're always working um, to support an ultimate long-term outcome but obviously we do that day to day, hour to hour. And the more specific things are the tactics, the more general things are the strategies. Right, right. So, so in that sense, it's really beneficial to develop a roadmap, right? Um, so how, how can you first get started and, 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 and you know, who benefits, who, who, who needs to get involved in that um, development of the roadmap? Um, so, um, you know, just to clarify the, the structure, I think that first part, what I was talking about is sort of that um, mission and those long-term goals are um, about answering the question, where should we be focused as an organization? The second part, which is the day-to-day -day and the tactical decisions you make is about answering the question, how can we succeed? Um, and so having that roadmap, that strategy outline is really a tool that helps you track what you're doing and enables your team members or your colleagues to remember and understand kind of why you're doing it. Um, you're answering the question, what happens if you complete these tactics? Well, you achieve the strategy. What happens if you complete that strategy? Well, it contributes towards these high level goals. And what happens if you fulfill that goal? Well, now you have a key part of the puzzle to achieving the mission um, that you're in business to accomplish. In terms of your question about the benefits and, and, and who needs to be involved, um, one benefit is that you keep yourself and your team on task. 
you are focused on what you've already decided your priorities should be. Um, very often somebody will come in, usually well-meaning or trying to help. Very often it's a, a dean or a director. It might be a rector or a vice chancellor who says, hey, you know, I think we should do activity X. And you may look at your roadmap and say, wow, that doesn't really help move us towards achieving the outcomes that we established as part of our set of goals long-term. Um, and that having that sort of framework to show somebody or discuss makes it easier to either say no to an idea that doesn't move you towards your goal or to say yes and make a decision about replacing one of your existing goals or substituting it for something that you thought you were going to do later in the year. And you can be confident that you're doing the right thing because it fits with achieving the goal that you stated, not just because someone told you to do it and they're your boss. So you have to say yes. Um, you want a good reason for doing things. Um, and it, I like to think of it, um, the benefit is like having a literal map, you know, when you're, when you're navigating to get to a destination, somebody might say, Hey, let's go this way. And you look at the map and you say, well, you know, our destination is actually in the opposite direction. So if we go that way, we might get there eventually, but it's going to take us longer. Is that okay? And then you kind of make decisions about, um, how much time you have and whether it's important to go directly or whether you can take a detour. Um, and so the point is not that you only do what the plan tells you to do. The point is that if you don't do what you said you were going to do, you're doing it intentionally with awareness about what compromise you're making or what trade-off it, it involves. Um, you know, on the map, <laughs> somebody might say, well, we should go that way because that road, the speed limit is twice as high as the one that goes directly there. So even though it's a farther distance, we're still going to get there faster. That, that kind of thinking applies to strategy roadmaps um, as well. Right. Andy, I really like that analogy. Uh, I, mean, I mean, especially, you know, so many of us do have the experience of what it is to um, navigate with, oh, at least before Google Maps, <laughs> with a map. Yeah, and having the co-pilot say, no, 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 go this way, right? <laughs> so that that's 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 really important. The other the, the other point that you brought up that I thought is really very meaningful is exactly when top management comes to you and says, hey, um, you know, the president or the uh, provost comes over and says, hey, you know, we need to bring in this alum who is, you know, a high-level alum. And um, he could give a donation and we need to, you know, cater to this person's needs and then, you know, and do this, right? And, and how important it is to really, this roadmap gives you the opportunity to tell your provost, look, okay, if we're going to do that and that will be your decision, you know, in that sense, right. this is what we will not be able to accomplish and therefore it will have this and this effect at the end of the road. And so that's, and important for that person, for your top management to be aware of what, you know, it's on on the plate and it's not going to be um, accomplished ex or be accomplished in a different way with, with this, right? Yeah, that's a, that's a perfect um, use case or example of how the roadmap can help you navigate some politics and sort of decision-making or prioritization within your organization. I do think, um, Sometimes it's not about the actual specific decision. Sometimes it's about the process of arriving at the decision. And sometimes, you know, let's face it, we work with people sometimes who have a need to 
have the last word or make the final decision. And that's something we want to honor. I think having the roadmap or the strategy fra framework um, not only helps you in the way you just described, which is, well, you're going to illustrate what the trade-off is, but it also, the process of developing the framework, if you involve those people along the way, if they know that you're working on it, why you're doing it and what you're doing, will actually make it easier to come back to them later and use the framework as a kind of a, a scorecard or a reference sheet for making a decision about doing or not doing something. Um, so uh, if I could talk about the process maybe for a second of mm -hmm. developing the plan. Um, one of the, the reasons, like I said, for, um, you know, developing the strategy is when you or your team have a shared understanding of what the priorities are for your program, what methods you're going to rely on. Um, it builds teamwork. It gets people working together. It allows them to share ideas. And it also gives each of them a, a little bit of a uh, sort of founder's stock or like an ownership stake in the plan itself. Um, when you start out, it's important to start out with that high level overarching long-term mission and goals that I talked about. Um, you don't want to start out with something really specific, like, okay, our first thing we're going to do is use Instagram. <laughs> like, right. That's, you know, it's kind of like, well, right. why? Right. Yeah, um, exactly. you, you know, you want to start out by saying, well, the first thing we're going to do is that top part of the plan, which I referred to as where to focus. The you know, first thing we're going to do is make sure we have robust communications. The first thing we want to do is make sure that we engage people with volunteer opportunities or that we support them in their career journey. Those are really general, right? Those are things that you can test out with the president or the provost or a dean or a director and get feedback and input. And very often they're general enough that it's easy to get to agreement on those things. And they feel like they have some stake in what you're doing, like they've had input and they have some ownership. Um, and they also trust that you're not taking the organization in some weird direction that is not consistent with the overall institutional mission. So that's an important sort of stage. Once you have that kind of higher level consensus, then you can get more tactical. You can get more specific. Um, and you know, now that you've said, oh, we're going to communicate effectively, you can say, well, how should we do that? And then mm -hmm. you can say, well, we could use the internet. And then you can right. say, well, how do, how do we use the internet? And you get more specific. Um, there's a little trick that I want to share, which I think is really useful if you're not accustomed to doing sort of strategy or planning like this. My friend and my former consulting colleague, Chris Marshall, taught me a great method for developing lists of strategies and tactics for, for programs. You basically turn each stated goal into a question that takes the form, how can we? So if you say, well, my goal is to connect alumni to the institution, that's a high level general goal. I'm going to say, how can we connect alumni to the institution? And the answers that we come up with are candidates to be strategies in our plan. So for example, I, you might say, well, we're going to use electronic communication to connect alumni. I turn that into the question and I say, how can we use electronic communication? And then the answers that you give to that become candidates for tactics in that plan. You could say, well, we're gonna use Instagram to show nostalgic photographs that make them remember how fondly they experienced the campus. Um, so that framework of taking a stated goal and saying, how can we do that? And then answering it to generate strategies and tactics is a really useful 
a framework for brainstorming the actual components of your strategy. Great. Thanks, Andy. I, I, I really like that. And, and thanks to Chris Marshall as well <laughs> for sharing that, for sure. Uh, I, uh, I will definitely include it in my, in my list. Um, Andy, as, uh, as we continue, um, we, as part of our, of our program, we like to give listeners a few bright ideas on this, on this topic. And we thought, what, what would you like to share as, as um, some of your bright ideas on strategy? So um, there, there's some real fundamental ideas that I think will apply to any kind of institution. Doesn't matter what country you're in or whether it's a, a school or a university or even another kind of organization that's not an educational organization. Um, one of them is to remember that your organization has unique strengths and to focus on those. So um, I'll give you kind of a, a real world example from our organization in the last year. Um, you know, we went through a planning process a couple of years ago to develop a new strategy in the Brown alumni team that I lead. And we were very conscious of the tendency alumni organizations have, for example, to try to offer something for everyone, be all things to all people. And, you know, with the resources available to us, that's not always a realistic goal. So I, I advise, I, I think it, we should prioritize our audiences and then try to connect the audiences with the things that our institution is uniquely positioned to deliver. So for example, during the pandemic this last year, um, we are fortunate to have a very excellent medical school and a school of public health. And we decided to focus on content for presentations and written communications that emphasized the research and teaching going on at our institution related specifically to the pandemic and public health. Um, in the lead up to the presidential election last November, uh, we had a lot of programs with faculty members and students and researchers and alumni who had expertise on elections. And now that the election is complete and we're into the new presidential administration, we're continuing that by having presentations focused on the change in leadership and its implications. Um, the last and unfortunately most current example is racial violence uh, and, and racism in society. We feel that we owe our alumni access to our institution's expertise on race relations and social justice. And so we're taking what our institution does, but we're connecting it with what alumni are experiencing in their everyday lives in the real world so that we make sure that our focus is on something people see as relevant to their own needs and interests. Yeah, and those are really um, excellent examples because it's so easy for us to just focus on excellence and research, excellent education. And in reality, you know, everybody has a definition for what that excellence is, right? And so right. getting focused on you know, if, if you're um, a comprehensive university, then you need to focus on some aspects, right? Um, that, that, can, that you can really uh, engage your alumni. And, and the whole idea that you're gonna be engaging your, all your alumni, that's really, you know, unrealistic. It's right? not realistic. So yeah. It's not realistic. It, right? it, it doesn't mean that you don't have a wide variety of topics and speakers. I mean, those right. aren't the only things that we presented to our alumni this year, right. but we consciously looked for things that were in line with what was going on with our audience so that they would be more likely to see our offerings as 
meaningful or connected to their own interests. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Anything um, else you'd like to yeah. share? Yeah, just a couple of quick things. Um, one is, um, and you and I have talked about this a little bit in the past, um, which is, um, it's interesting in my work as a consultant, I very often would sit down with people and ask them to just describe their work to me. And I, I noticed there are sort of two different types of answers I would get. One is that somebody would tell me their job title. You know, they'd say, I'm the assistant director for international recruitment. And I would end up following up by saying, great, that's good to know. What do you actually do, right? Um, and so I think it's interesting for, especially for managers, to encourage their staff members to think of their work in terms of the impact they, they achieve, the, the results they deliver. So instead of saying, well, you know, I'm the assistant director for international recruitment, you might say, um, well, I'm here to make sure the institution has a, a steady stream of top scholars from all over the world. Um, instead of saying, well, I, I specialize in events, maybe think of your role as, as being one where you create memorable experiences that help alumni connect to the institution. Um, you know, we're not kind of only sort of what people have assigned us to be called. We are actually uh, what we make possible through the work that we do. So I think thinking in terms of the impact you achieve, not just the title that you have, is a good, healthy way for organizations to make sure they're focusing on work that really delivers results. Yeah, and, and that's so meaningful on a personal level as well, right, as an individual level. Um, at least I believe it and, and, and I have definitely experienced it that um, if you know that your job has an impact on so many people, it, it makes it even more meaningful when you get up to go to work, right? <laughs> so yeah. especially if you're especially if you're not, um, you know, in a narrow space specialized expertise. If you're an administrative um, support person or an assistant who helps with general cleric or office duties, uh, clerical work, you may not feel like you're an alumni relations expert or an education specialist. Um, but if you can define your contribution to the overall impact, it helps you understand your place in the team and how what you do actually is critical to the overall long-term success of the organization. Yeah, exactly. And not only that, but we can also communicate and understand the impact that alumni can have for our institutions, right? And be able to actually verbalize that and and and, and share that with them. And that's right. also, uh, an, I believe, a very important aspect of engaging alumni for them to also see what their impact is mm -hmm. in, 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 you know, in the larger picture of higher education and, and, and their contribution yes. to it. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. Um, I have one last item that I think is, is important, and I didn't mention it, but it always comes up when you do strategy work, which is metrics or key performance indicators. Right. Um, I think people should identify and track a small number of metrics or outcomes that reflect the result of their work. So we tend to count things and not necessarily what happened because of those things. Um, you know, if somebody says like, you know, are your clubs and chapters and branches successful? You might say how many there are and how many events they had. Or you might say how many events they had and how many people came to those events. I want to know, if possible, what happened because people came to those events? What right. long-term long impact did those events have on people's feelings about the institution, their knowledge of the world, their ability to succeed in their own careers? You know, whatever you identified as those goals I was talking about, sort of where to focus, the high level, 
try to connect some outcomes to those that you can measure and keep track of and look for correlations. Are people who come to events more likely to volunteer? Are people who volunteer more likely, say in, you know, in North America where we have a very strong culture of philanthropy and fundraising, are those people more likely to become donors? How much more likely? Is somebody who comes to two events more likely to volunteer than somebody who only comes to one event? You know, just those kinds of relationships among behaviors can be very enlightening. And I, and I encourage people to identify a few metrics. Well, thanks, Andy. And we could definitely talk for hours on metrics. This is probably one of the yeah. challenges, you know, along with um, engaging alumni uh, and and maintaining their their engagement is you know how to measure that how do you go about measuring that relationship that you're building with them and um, so thanks for those tips and, and um, definitely it's, it's a topic that that needs much more um, mm -hmm. exploration mm -hmm. right but um, great thanks Andy thanks so much for for these three um, bright ideas anything else before we close that you'd like to add I just want to encourage people to not be um, hesitant to dive into strategic planning. It, it sounds like a specialized skill set or something you need a master's in business, you know, to do. It's actually there are a lot of resources out there, including free resources that can help you sort of understand processes. You don't need a full-blown, long-term, research-driven process to start out with. Right. Get started by just talking about mission and goals with your team. Talk with your alumni leaders talk with your boss, gather some input, write some things down. You don't need a 50 or a 75 page report or a hundred slide PowerPoint deck. You just need a few long-term goals and build from there. Um, and the last thing is don't get bogged down by terminology. I use the word goal. You may call it an outcome. Um, I say something is a goal. Somebody else might say, no, that's a strategy. As long as you're consistent internally with the terminology and the definitions that you're using, you're going to be fine. So I encourage people to do a little research on methods for developing strategy. But if you don't have a strategic planning process in place, try annually to, you know, initially to create, and if you already have one, to update and fine tune your um, plan so that it's as current and as relevant as possible. Thank you, Andy. Thank you so much for those insights and, and, and definitely very valuable. I mean, I think that's a, as a main takeaway is we need to keep uh, reevaluating, reevaluating re our strategies, right? And, and I really like um, the fact that you mentioned how important it is to focus on the strengths and, and to also connect what's your impact, your personal impact to you know, to the strategy of the job that you're doing, and um, and I think you know metrics will definitely uh, it, 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 it's it's there it's essential in, in a strategy to be able to show you know how uh, the right. program has grown, how if, if indeed there is a return on investment, um, and just to you know. Um, maintain it alive because mm -hmm. as we know at least um, in different parts of the world not you know that that where programs are just starting mm -hmm. um, they need to be constantly uh, reinforced in, in, in the uh, top management right that, that they can still exist um, so yeah. Definitely, define, yeah. yeah exactly if you, you, if you define success you have some way to check to see whether your plan is working and to fine-tune it later and to show others as well. Right, right. 
Thank you, Andy. Thank you so much for sharing your insights and uh, leaving us with such inspirational, bright ideas. Um, everyone, um, thank you for listening and stay tuned to our next conversation in May. So um, stay healthy and we look forward to um, having you visit again next month. Thank you. Thank you.